he were a transformer, he would be Optimus Fine. <laughs> That's not a rhyme. Oh, now it is. Yes, it is. If you were, if you were a transformer. Oh, no, it's not a rhyme. But like I said, before I started off with rhymes, and I told you it just kind of turned into more of like me just hitting on you. Con- oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So we're not we're not cutting any of this out. <laughs> and this girl is always popping Molly. And ay, 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 she is one hot tamale. <laughs> Welcome to Life Well Spent with Garrett and Amber. I'm Garrett. I'm Amber. I'm Garrett. And I'm Amber. Ace, say hi. He's over it. Oh, Gilly, want to say hi? The first time in her life she's been quiet. Yep. We got dogs in the room, y'all. If I had a, like a soundboard, I'd, I'd play like a woof woof sound effect, but we don't. <laughs> Our budget doesn't allow for that. No cats in the room, and Cash is out watching videos, so get your drinks ready, folks. We may have a kid break coming up. We might. Yep. We'll see. Oh, How we're you doing, back. Babe? I am good. I'm actually doing really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the thing I've been in to this week, mm-hmm. it's like it's not it's not super pop culture. Uh, it's pretty personal. Um I like I mean I'm sure along with a lot of people I put on some some weight during you know kind of covid quarantine man. yeah yeah mm-hmm. I mean I've had the weight on for a while but I think I kind of like let the whole you know staying home as much as possible thing like I kind of took advantage of it in a bad way mm. um drinking too much you know eating the wrong stuff a lot of fast food a lot of fried food and I I don't I think I oh you know what I started doing this uh, 100 push-up challenge. Mm-hmm. Like basically, just a, it's a it's a template that's uh, this guy set up um, to get you to where you can do 100 push-ups at once. Right, right. And I thought oh, I'll start doing that. That'd be really fun. I I enjoy doing push-ups. Is it still fun? Ish. <clears throat> I haven't watched some stuff to get better form, mm-hmm. so that's been nice. I realized my my push-up form is terrible. I'm guessing that you probably feel the difference when you're yeah. Doing it wrong. Yeah, I th- I think they're a lot more difficult when I when my form is right. Uh, so been working on that, but I think I started doing that, and I realized like like that's that's not enough to really get me where I needed to be. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, yesterday uh, we had a bottle of champagne because we've got we a did. we've got a tradition in this house that uh, first Friday of every month uh, we uh, drink champagne to celebrate um, the month before. Yes, right? yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and great things to come sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just something we've been doing. It's a lot of fun. Um, but besides that, I, I didn't have anything to drink, uh, Monday through Thursday, uh, nothing today. We even went out and got some, uh, some gumbo. Yeah. Mo and, beta. Yeah. Well, better gumbo yeah. now. And we didn't order any cocktails, which you said felt weird, which I totally agree mm-hmm. with. That's kind of a standard for us. <laughs> um, but that's actually... Like the not drinking thing has been really great. Um, you were saying that you you feel a big difference. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of you know I I have bouts of depression again, like plenty of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, just not drinking I think has really been good for my uh, uh, mental well being. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, everybody at once say duh, like it's a, <laughs> it's a depressant. But uh, yeah, it's it's just wild. I think that paired with um, trying to work out, uh, almost every day. Like I skipped today just cause I've been super sore. Um, but, uh, yeah, trying to do like some, some hit workouts on YouTube and mm-hmm. 
we've got the uh, treadmill and rowing machine set up in the basement and been doing like five minutes running and then five minutes on the rower do that for like 30 minutes um, nothing nothing too crazy uh, but it's it's just it's been really nice mm-hmm. yeah it's been a, a vast improvement on my mental and emotional well-being which has been great That's um, awesome. oh and I guess something pop culture or whatever uh, to get into on that is uh, we downloaded a game on our oculus rift called uh, thrill of the fight Every time I need to think of the title, I have to think of it's the I am there. It's the thrill of the fight. There it is. Yeah, um, and it's a boxing game. Um, there's no real instructions. It's just uh, you're in a boxing gym and you can hit the heavy bag. You can hit uh, the the speed bag. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one where it's the bag that's on a wire attached to the ceiling and the floor, and you like punch and then you get out of the way. Um, but then you can also uh, you, you know, there's like a, a progression. You start by boxing your sparring partner and then you, you know, face tougher and tougher opponents. And, uh, when you get out of the sparring and you get into actual opponents, it's three, two minute rounds. Mm-hmm. I'll play one of those rounds and I will immediately be butt. sore and sweaty and mm-hmm. exhausted. Uh, it's been incredible. Cause it's like, like you've really got to move your body around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you want to kind of do fairly well, like, you kind of got to duck under their guard and hit them a couple times in the in the abs to drop their guard, and then you you know give them a give them a haymaker or an uppercut or a cross, and it's mm-hmm. just, it's it's been a blast. Like that that makes it so easy to work out. Yeah, because you don't you're not thinking about it. Yeah. You're just thinking about yeah. trying to you know knock this guy out. Absolutely. And Beat Saber has also been great for that as well. Like right, play yeah. a few songs of Beat Saber, and I'm I'm toast. Yeah, so, yeah. I feel ya. yeah. Yeah. So that's been really great. I I don't like talking about this stuff because i don't know like i just i don't know why i just don't like talking about it but i figured you know this we got this podcast like i might as well kind of bring people in and i would say if any of you have pointers uh uh, motivation anything like that you know please email Mm -hmm. it to us send us my way uh, send it our way because i would love for some uh motivation if you if you got a second Mm-hmm. Um, and again, any pointers, please. I, I don't know nothing about nothing, so that would uh, help <laughs> a lot. Uh, but what have you been into this week? Um, well, I have discovered macrame. Oh yeah, you have. Yeah, not really anything media very much this this week, but yeah, mm-hmm. macrame. Mm-hmm. I have been trying to teach myself different techniques and knots to do, and uh, yeah, it's a lot tougher than it looks. You look at, at you know, seen some cute things on Etsy or Pinterest, and you're yeah. like, yeah, I can make that. Oh. The amount of hours that they put into those are ridiculous. I helped you a tiny bit with one with like undoing some twine yeah. so it kind of looked more flowy. Mm-hmm. And I, I immediately was like, I want, I don't want to do this. My fingers hurt. Oh, yeah, I believe day. it. I'm like, Gosh. I got a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, macrame, paint pouring I tried for the first time this That week. was really cool. That turned out great. Oh, it's so pretty and it's so easy. Like a ceramic paint, is that right? Acrylic. Acrylic. Wrong word. But yep. it was like a pre-made one. So it was like a literal four-pack of paint, different colors that you could just put the paint in the cup that you wanted and then just pour it on your oh. canvas and move it around. Very and it cool. was perfect. Nice. Made me feel more like a legit artist. Yeah. I'm not. But, um, <laughs> and then, of course, you know, I tried that juice cleanse with you for about two days. And yeah, and I, I did want to clarify, we weren't really doing a cleanse. That's true. It was more celery juicing. Just, just. A morning beverage, mm. and I'm I'm. I think I feel better when I 
feel like it's a juice cleanse. Oh, okay. Well, then we can call it a juice cleanse if you want. It's a juice cleanse, but then we also eat food like normal. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still keeping up with that, but you're you're not too keen on it, which I totally get. I, oh, and, and no no shade by any means. It's a challenge to try and drink that whole cup of celery juice, let me tell you. Well, you obviously know, but... I can really adapt well to things that don't taste excellent, I've found. I don't know how you just down it within like 30 seconds. Yeah, gotten used to it. Oh. And I mean, the reason why we started doing this is uh, there's this great podcast called The Dumbbells. One of the hosts is Ryan Stanger. And he's talked about like he's been doing celery juice and uh, oh man, we got a kid break kid already. Break. Kid break. In. Back from a fantastic kid break. Hope you got your shot in. Um, <laughs> So yeah, uh, uh, celery juice. Uh, the mm-hmm. guy Ryan Stanger, he he does it every morning. But uh, he is a like not only is a he's a comedy actor, but he's also a trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said like I don't recommend really anybody needs to do it. He says like the science isn't really all there. Uh, mm-hmm. Sounds like they haven't really done any peer reviewed studies to make sure that celery actually has like. These, these benefits that a lot of kind of health crazes will say, like anything from helping you lose weight to curing cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, ah, but it, you know, it's just, it's been working for me. Like I've been enjoying it. Um, and so I thought, oh, what the hell? Like it's something to kind of fill up my stomach in the morning. Right. And, you know, if I work out, I'll have a bit of a protein shake too. But uh, yeah, it's been nice. Mm-hmm. I've been regular. Got that going for me. Hey, yeah. you know what? That's a win right there. Little victories. Little victories. Everyone's got to be regular. Little poopy victories. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you forgot to mention the other media that we were very so lucky to watch, the movie Urban Cowboy. Oh, early this week. man. Yeah. Uh, Which well, was... Ace is whining. Not good. Horrendous. <laughs> like, the, the actual filmmaking seemed fine. The actors were great. But the story, like... There was no one to root mm, for. Nobody. Yeah. John Travolta hits his girlfriend uh, slash fiance slash wife. Yep. Um, I guess you kind of root for her. Yeah, you root for her, I'd say. Yeah. She did, like the whole movie. Um, it's like, ah, she's she's better than everybody else around here. She should, <laughs> she should move somewhere else and, you know, find somebody who appreciates her. Mm-hmm. And then I don't remember the name of the actor that plays like John Travolta's foil. Oh, yeah, um, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, he hits her too. Like, everybody hits women in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's also kind of silly because it just kind of boils down to a... It's a bull riding competition, but a mechanical bull in a bar. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird that, like, it didn't take that another step further yeah. to get him ready and prepared for an actual bull. Yeah, I wonder if maybe honky-tonks were just big around that time, and they're like, oh, well, let's make a movie around the whole honky-tonk craze. That's, yeah. Because it basically took place, the whole thing, at the bar. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That or their their trailer. Yep. No, no shade on anybody that lives in a trailer, but those mm-hmm. were like the two... Main places. Two, two trailers in a bar. Yep. That's yeah. what they should have titled it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not a, it's not a bad movie. It's just... Mm-hmm. go in expecting like to only root for the woman to get out of this terrible you know cycle of violence yeah <laughs> yeah but um oh and we also watched possessor which was incredible i fell asleep halfway through probably yeah i watched the whole thing and it was nuts uh directed by uh i 
keep wanting to say Stanley Kubrick, but it's not. Uh, Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's son, I can't remember his name, did an incredible job. Mm. A fantastic movie. It's like a sci-fi thriller, um, pretty gory. Uh, it's great. It's awesome. If you're looking for something wild to watch, like pretty yeah. cerebral. Um, we said it kind of reminded us of Mandy because it's very... Um, the, the movie is about tone and visuals and feelings mm-hmm. as much as story. Um, maybe a little more about story than Mandy, but still, like, uh, I, I thought it was awesome. It was pretty good from what I saw. Yep. And we're going to watch, uh, <clears throat> next episode of Mandalorian tonight. Yeah. That came out yesterday. So I'm excited. So let's hurry this along, shall yeah. we? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. So last week you gave me to watch, let's see, The Goonies and E.T., I gave you to watch that. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I should have let that go. I just... It's okay. You're just saying what everybody else is going to say. Yeah. So I was very excited to watch these because yeah. for one, it's been a, a long time since I watched them, mm-hmm. but they're such staple movies. So I'll just get right into it, shall we? Go for it. Uh, so started with the Goonies. Mm-hmm. Um, such a fun adventure movie for like kids, you know? Yeah. Uh, took me kind of right back to my kid age and nostalgia yada, yada. yeah we've got a, a good friend tara that I've, I've told like i didn't really grow up with goonies so i don't really care about it mm-hmm. and she was she nearly looked offended <laughs> um you know I, how I, are we friends i really think goonies is one of those movies where you either grew up with it i, I people our age of yeah, course yeah, yeah. you know there's like 20 somethings out there that are like I don't what the care about the Goonies, yeah. yeah. Um, but people our age, like you, either grew up with it and you know every line and you love it, or you're like me and you're like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll just kind of get through it here. So the intro, which I totally forgot about, is that this guy breaks out of prison, um, which kind of sets up the whole movie clearly, but mm-hmm. uh, with a police chase and drives by to kind of introduce all the characters. So he'll drive by all the little kids. You know, one of them's at the, um, geez, a restaurant, I think, and they see like a police chase. One mm. of them goes by their house. Um, That's how we're introduced to the characters. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was kind of neat. Fun idea. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that before. Um, so yeah, basically after the whole police chase, some of the kids kind of get together at I think Mikey's house. So let's see, we have Mikey, Chunk, Brandon, Data, <clears throat> or is it Data? I don't know. I don't think it matters. Mouth, Andy, and Steph. Mouth is um oh the the Corey Corey Feldman. Feldman. Yeah. Yeah. Corey Haim, R. I. P. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which did a good job, but yeah, you you didn't really like his character at the beginning. He kind of made fun of he Chunk. Wa- he was Mouth. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that part, man. The the truffle shuffle. The truffle shuffle. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what a mean thing to do to somebody. It was the '80s. I know, but still. Yeah. No freaking excuses. Yeah. I'm well. <laughs> you defended Friends for being uh, very homophobic, and you're like, oh well, that was the time. I would Did argue I? the same thing for the Goonies. Oh, that's all right. All right, yeah. touche. <laughs> touche. <laughs> so Your been, cards are dealt. I think we talked about that a month ago, and I've been sitting on it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it in your face. <laughs> Yes, I feel so good about myself now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anywho. Um, no, so th- apparently they, they find some cool stuff in the attic. Mikey comes across a treasure map of One-Eyed Willie. Um, they decide to try and find the treasure to save Boondocks, which is where they live. Do you think One-Eyed Willie is a penis reference? I sure hope not. Okay. I mean, I didn't think about it when I watched the movie, but... Guys and girls, man. Who That's knows? That's a difference. Who knows? One-Eyed Willie, I'm like... Yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> Please continue, though. 
Um, so while following the map, they cross paths with the criminals who have just killed someone in an old restaurant. Mm. Um, they find it, is what they call it, chained up in the basement of the restaurant, a.k.a. Oh. Sloth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they find a dead body in the freezer. Chunk goes for help. The rest follow the map, and they kind of okay. go underground, right? Yep. Um, so they go through a bunch of, like, booby traps. Feels very... Uh, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yes. Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. I was about to do a laugh. Cool. <laughs> you know, this guy. Oh, Indiana wow. Jones going to rustle them cows. <laughs> Doggies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're going through these booby traps, um, all while Chunk is getting kidnapped by the criminals. Right, right, right. Right? right? Um, and he ends up kind of becoming friends with Sloth because Sloth is kind of not really kidnapped, yeah. but, you know. Did you ever see the T-shirt or like bumper sticker that said uh, "Fat kids are harder to kidnap"? No. This movie, this movie disproves that. It sure does. So you know, breaking breaking barriers, breaking yeah. boundaries. Yeah. My goodness, uh, the uh, criminals end up following the Goonies to find the treasure. Okay. And uh, they make their way to the pirate ship. There's like this big battle with, between the criminals and the kids. Yeah. Um, after the kids are filling up their pockets with treasure, you know. They found oh yeah, and doesn't Mikey Willie's. tell him to put it back or something? Uh, no. So I think uh, yeah. At one point, they start filling their pockets, and there's like that. Uh, what is it? The weighing machine? Not machine, but the weighing oh, sca- the uh, scale. Scale, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that has Willie's like treasure on there, and he told the guy like, "Let's keep this for Willie. This is uh-huh. his type thing." Oh, okay, they, cool. You know, try to take everything else. That's nice. Um, I guess. Yeah, Sloth and Chunk come and save them. They get away. Police yep. detain the criminals. Mm. Um, Mikey's dad is about to sell his home to like one of the rich guys that live there in the town, in the town. Okay. Yeah. So basically like all these homes are going under like foreclosure for some reason. Mm. Um, thanks a lot. Uh, who would have been president? (laughs) Oh God. HW. I don't even know. Maybe, uh, the guy with the peanut farm regardless. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Let's keep going. (laughs) Um, so yeah, he's about to sell his home until, uh, his cleaning lady finds treasure in Mikey's marble bag and mm. saves the day. Oh, Remember nice. that? No. You but don't? please keep going. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I, when it comes to, are the kids all right? Right? You know, yeah. are the kids are all right. I felt like they all had very loving parents. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. I mean, at the very end, I mean, all their parents kind of, you just, you understood how the kid is the way that they are because they just resemble their parents so much. That's fun. Um, but they're all very loving and like, you know, yeah. we found you, we missed you, yada, yada. Um, the uh, Mikey and Brandon's mom is like a single mom. So she worked all the time. So she would just kind of leave all the boys at the at her house. A a trope that we'll see in the next movie as well. Oh, wait, no, she's not a single mom. Oh, my gosh. I'm giving misinformation. Oh. Anywho, well, you don't really meet like Mikey's dad. I think he's, I don't even he's know. He's off where. with his whore. Is he on a... <laughs> Business trip? Yeah. Oh, he had to. Yeah, because yeah. at the end of the movie, he goes to sign the papers. Oh. Mikey's dad's alive. Okay. Oh, thank God. Anyhow. He made it. <laughs> Back from Korea. Thank goodness. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so I, I felt like all of their parents are very well loved. and um, so th- Cool. D- the duration of the whole movie, the kids were probably gone for maybe 12 hours or so, like overnight, though. Yeah, which, I mean, this was kind of that time where, yeah, like women were starting or kind of had started to get into the workforce. So it was more common for kids to just sort of 
uh, run around until mm-hmm. the lights came on. Like that's kind of how we grew up. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that tracks. That yeah. doesn't mean they're bad parents at all. It's just like yeah. I don't think that they go out and be a kid. Yeah, and the parents and, probably wouldn't have blinked an eye yeah. had it happened like all day long. If and, they were gone from like eight a.m. Yeah. to eight p.m., like they wouldn't have thought anything of it. And if you happen to run into some murderers and a man with a, some sort of physical and mental disabilities, like mm-hmm. just figure it out, kids. Figure like, that's, it that's out. Make I'm a friend. Saying. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but now I got to get into some fun facts because there's some really fun yes, ones please. that I came across. So One-Eyed Willie's head in the movie was an actual skeleton. Cool. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, apparently it took five hours for Sloth to get into makeup and they had a remote control eye, which I didn't know. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's really cool. Um, at the end, when they are telling the police their story, Data said the scariest part was the octopus, which was a deleted scene. I think. Had you, you heard of this? Did you tell me about this? I or probably maybe... did. Okay. Because I was really excited about it. Yeah. Um, the octopus attacked when they were in the water by the ship. Data kind of puts his uh, music player in the mouth of the octopus, and it kind of like shimmies, dances away. Oh, that's from... fun. That's super <laughs> yeah. fun. That belongs in like Little Mermaid. That's awesome. I know. It was so funny. Um, they shouldn't have cut that. I know. I mean, unless they just, I don't know, needed to cut time. but Yeah. And I guess there were so many rewrites that the actors didn't get to see their lines until the day of the shooting. Man, especially for kids. That's going to be real stressful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it was like they knew most of the lines that they were going to use mm-hmm. and then just a few of them were changed, but still. Did you know that's uh, the way Kelsey Grammer uh, acts? No. The, you know, Kelsey Grammer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he calls it like requisite disrespect or something like that. It's some idea where he respects the material so much that he, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I won't be able to do it justice. But the idea is he does not look at the material beforehand, Mm -hmm. gets there, memorizes the lines. And, you know, I mean, he's obviously a talented actor, especially back in Fraser days. Mm -hmm. But that's his process somehow, which I got to imagine 90% of actors are like, no, no, I've got to memorize my lines you know? right so that's fascinating I, I just heard that recently i thought it was pretty cool yeah that's crazy credit whichever it. podcast i heard that on right. uh maybe three of them anyways please keep going um and yeah the the last little fun fact is jeff cohen who played sloth was so committed to his role that he went into work with chicken pox in fear that if he called in sick he would lose the part oh jeff I know. Take care of yourself, Jeff. My goodness. And I got to say, I have a relatable story. Lonnie, if you're listening, I'm about to out you out right now. What's up, Lonnie? Um, <laughs> she came into work with like 103 degree fever. Oh, I remember that. During one of our events at my last job. Mm-hmm. And she was like, mm-hmm. I'm ready to work. And we're like, oh. what the hell are you doing here? Go home. You're sick. And she, she was like, I feel bad. I didn't want to leave you guys high and dry. I'm not a strong man. I wouldn't that's, be out of bed ethic at all. Right yeah, yeah. That's, she's dedicated. Good for you, Lonnie. Love you, Lon Lon. Miss you. Work wife. Um, and then the next movie, so E.T. Yeah. Which, okay, so before I get into it, mm-hmm. so do you think if they made an E.T. movie now, would it be terrible? I mean, yes. You think so? I, I don't know. I feel like 80s remakes are not really good. Yeah. Uh, that's a generalization, but um, I, I mean, never I never watched the Poltergeist remake, but I heard that was crap. Um, I wonder if it like would diff it, like different generations would think yeah. differently. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the Thing remake 
or I guess that was a prequel, but that wasn't very good. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Stranger Things is arguably good. I think it's mm-hmm. good. I think but it's But that's good. more homage than it is, you know, a replication or a redo mm-hmm. of a certain material. Um, anyways, I, mm. yeah, I, I, I'm being a bit of a pessimist, but I, I, I don't think it'd would. be good. No. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's why they haven't made it yet. Yeah. Or ever. Hopefully Steven Spielberg like kind of keeps it precious and is like, mm-hmm. no, I nailed it the first time. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, except I think he did some, uh, just like George Lucas in the uh, Star Wars films, he kind of went in later and did some uh, digital enhancement and stuff like that, which is a bummer. Oh, in yeah. my opinion, I I really like the original mm-hmm. clunky looking effects. Yeah. The day that they publicly released the original Star Wars trilogy like in the original format, mm-hmm. um, I'm in line for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you can't get a you know a copy right now without it being digitally remastered and enhanced, a True. bunch of dumb CG effects put in. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, that that's my soapbox. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good soapbox. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, so, Elliot, the little boy that's in E.T., um, I can't remember the actor's name, but he is in Haunting of Hill House. Yep. He played the brother. Uh, I should look this up. In my notes, I wrote, Elliot it, is played by, and then just nothing. So <laughs> I believe in the first season, it's the dad when they're young. And uh-huh. in the second season, he is the uncle. Yes. Yeah. Yep, that's we, it. We did it. Way to go. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Drew Barrymore is the little sister. Um, and then he's got an older brother. Yeah. In this. So, yeah, basically, at the very beginning of the, the movie, E.T., it shows him, like, running towards the ship, right? And he's running from humans. Okay. Um, and essentially, he gets left behind because he's getting so close to the ship, and the alien that's in the ship is like, oh. the, you know, the humans are right there. I got to take off, right? I thought he crash landed. He was there with some buddies, and they had to take off. Yeah. Oh, that makes it even sadder. I know. They left him behind. Poor... I wonder what his real name is. Doesn't matter. Poor E.T. Didn't they? I don't. Do they? Uh, Maybe not. They probably don't. Hey, you would know better than me, sister. Oh gosh. Um, so yeah, basically, after you know E.T. gets left um, behind, it show, it kind of cuts to Elliot. He hears a noise from his shed in the backyard. Doesn't find anything in the shed, but later finds E.T. out in the field. Like oh. kind of kind of comes across him real quick, and then E.T. runs away. Um, later that night, I believe, E.T. comes back to the house. Yeah. Elliot lures him into his room with Reese's Pieces. With the Reese's... Oh, great scene. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't so seen this cute. movie in forever, but yeah, you mentioned you Reese's those. Pieces. Uh-huh. And he introduces E.T. to Gertie, which is his little sister and his big brother. Mm. Um, there's a point where Gertie is taking something upstairs for E.T. and mom says like, um, well, don't let Elliot torture you. And she replies, I won't marry. And they've done really? this. Yeah. They did it a couple times during the movie that they called mom Mary. And at first I'm like, is this like her aunt that she's calling Mary? That's but so weird. It was weird. And they never really like said anything about it. Just that they would call her Mary every once in a while. Maybe the, I have no idea what the intent of that would be. Like in the, in the story or the characters, like. Unless I miss something at the beginning. The but... idea that they've grown up fast. Do, you, do we know what happened to the dad? Because this is a this is a single mom and dad single white female. Oh, because okay. they're, they're so, like down for dinner, and I don't know. I think Elliot says something about like 
uh, oh, dad's with so-and-so in Mexico. And mom is like, oh, excuse me from the table. And she gets all upset about it. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's like a whole broken family. They call mom Mary, but it's not, it's not, it's her fault. Mm -hmm. And it, I imagine they're not doing it vindictively. It's just a thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it was very casual, like, oh, you know, why don't you do this with your dad? And he's like, oh, he's with so-and-so in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. She gets all sad. But Mm. uh, as the movie goes on, it's clear Elliot is feeling everything that E.T., or that the alien is feeling. Really? Yeah, which I didn't remember that. Totally forgot about that plot point. That's wild. Um, So, like, there's a point where um, I think E.T. is home, Elliot's at school, and E.T. kind of gets into the refrigerator, and he starts drinking beer, and, you know, so then Elliot's getting tipsy at school, and he ends up, like, kissing a girl, and, like, That was the scene I walked in on. I was wondering why Elliot was acting all nuts. Yeah. Okay. So, Elliot was drunk by proxy. Yep. And I think uh, E.T. kind of was feeling like, I need to go home. Yeah. So, as they were about to, like... um, uh, dissect frogs Elliot was like no they all need to you know free them oh Make, you know, that's why okay bring them back cool home sort of thing interesting um so apparently E.T. learns to talk thank you Gertie oh yeah, yeah. remember <laughs> um and he tells them phone home so they try to help him mm-hmm. right um so E.T. is getting sicker the longer he spends on earth and so is Elliot and he kind of gets oh. really clammy and like energy super low and Elliot's feeling feverish too. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole time the FBI is basically trying to track down ET Yeah. or the FBI, the alien hunters, whatever they don't, they don't really like what G men will call them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the FBI, the FBI realized that the kids know where the alien is and shows up at their home to get ET. And, uh, when they kind of like, come into the house they kind of bust in through every crevice so like a couple they're dressed as like astronauts for one thing they which bust in through every crevice meaning that's the sexiest so like, thing got... you've said all day sorry <laughs> <laughs> so you have a couple of them coming in through doors like normal people okay and then you see this other one and he's got like he shoves his hand through the window blinds and it's just like oh. let me get at you oh you that's know? wild yeah I mean, every little way that they could get into this house, they're like... Look, they Any look point like of to, entry. Yeah. Okay. They yeah. almost look like aliens trying to, like, you know, attack humans. Which is really cool. I think that's a great way to, mm-hmm. yeah, flip it around. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe humans were the monsters the whole time. What? <laughs> I did it. <laughs> you solved. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they end up quarantining the house uh, with a tunnel going to the front door Mm -hmm. um and this whole time they're you know et is dying and you know you have et and elliot laying side by side in different beds and they're trying to take care of them and and help them um and there's like really sweet moment between et and elliot and um you know the rest of his family is kind of like away at the moment but uh et um ends up dying on the bed like oh. they can't save him all of a sudden oh. you know he's gone all right so what do you rate the movie because it's obviously over so what do you think like two out of ten four <laughs> right. out of ten i have more notes hold oh, on what what right i know um side note so when they have they like tented the whole house okay and yeah. like there's tons of people tons of cars right this happens on like halloween 
Oh. Okay, so you think because it's Halloween, do you think that the neighbors are just thinking that this is like a cool haunted house? Granted, I haven't seen the scene, but I would assume that they would assume that it was just fumigation, just poor timing on a fumigation. Do you think that's what the those G-men designed it to look like? So it wasn't uh, like a proper quarantine, but a, or did it look like quarantine? It kind of looked like quarantine. I oh. mean, everybody's in like suits and I mean, there's a lot of people there. Yeah, maybe like the 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 Willis's down the block or like, right. you know, they don't got to like show us up that much. Like, <laughs> we just got this tombstone out here and dog dressed up as Frankenstein. You don't got to like, yeah, hire actors. That's probably what they thought. Yeah, it's just interesting. I kind of thought about like what time of night did this happen? Because for one, they didn't really show like your nosy neighbor coming out. And uh... sorry, I'm making a lot of noise. Sorry. <laughs> what are you doing uh, over there? Just moving this thing. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. Um, so yeah, they didn't really have any like clips of like nosy neighbors or which is clearly you know this is Halloween. Everyone should have just been go- going home after yeah. trick or treating or whatever. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. Hmm. Um. So yeah, after a while, they pronounce E.T. dead. Then Elliot has a moment alone with him, and E.T. comes back to life. Dun, oh, dun, dang. Da. Right? So you're saying E.T. is like Jesus? Yeah. Oh. Risen. Allegory. Just quicker. <laughs> Al- more like allegory, like God's glory. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um, so Elliot and his brother decide to rescue E.T. and take him to the woods, Um uh, to take him to the communicator that they built earlier on mm. um, as they were sending out signals to their his home ship uh, to come pick him up, basically. Nice. Um, so the brothers' friends help them. So they all go, like, riding bikes. And then when they – it was interesting because – so they, they um, get E.T. into the van, and then they take off, right? Yeah. When they meet with the friends, the friends see E.T. for the first time. They, they heard about, like, oh, you know, your brother found a ghoul in the backyard or whatever. But they see an actual alien. Mm. And they're just like, well, what are we doing with him? Can't he just, like, beam up? Like, there's, like, no reaction from the kids. Wonder, like, this is an alien. Oh, yeah. my God. I guess they didn't have time. They felt like it'd be redundant because you've already oh, seen, I like, guess. Gertie freak out and the older brother freak out and everybody, like... Yeah. I, I could see why they would cut that because it's like, no, we've already been through this. We don't have time for characters to adjust again. Let's just. True. You know. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is why I bring it up because then you just bring me back. You know, it's like a tango in here. You know, <laughs> we're back and forth. Um, But yeah, so they're on this big chase and the FBI or whoever, the G team that you call them. G men. G men, excuse yeah. me, are following them. Um, They essentially the kids get cornered um and elliot kind of thinks his way to fly and they all fly to the forest which i feel like it was still another like do do you think maybe that elliot was communicating with et like you need to help us fly and then et made that happen possibly but when so it showed elliot closing his eyes Mm -hmm. and then it just kind of shows et like he's surprised that they are flying which i thought was weird that's interesting right Huh, cool. So maybe Elliot has, I don't know, a piece of what E.T. can do. Yeah, maybe. Wild. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think that's really cool. So the spaceship comes and picks E.T. up. Mm. And then E.T., you know, essentially wants Elliot to come with him, which is a really sweet moment. Mm. And there was even a moment where, like, all of a sudden the dog is there and goes to, like, run up the, the ramp to go into the ship. But it was just kind of like, 
bye, and then runs back down. Oh. So that was cute, but I'm just like, where the hell did this dog come from? <laughs> like, it's not like, you know, he was Kids are running him wild. That's one thing, but a dog? <laughs> no. No, I, just... I will not allow it. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the sweet moment is like when E.T. touches Elliot's forehead, and it's like, I'll be right here. Oh. Really? Forehead? Yeah. Oh. Heart. Heart. See, I was going to say like no, that. No, wait a minute. Was it in his... I, I gotta. I've gotta imagine he touches his no, chest. No, I think it is his chest. I'll be in your heart, like. That would make sense. Like that's almost a threat. Like, I'm in your. <laughs> I'm in your head, dog. <laughs> I'm in your head. Or he actually <laughs> passed on some powers to Elliot. Yeah, that's just true. Like, there, that's I, me. I still think he touched his chest. Probably. Uh, he probably did. I, really I mean, I didn't watch the movie. I shouldn't be coming in here, you know, <laughs> swinging my D around. But I think he. <laughs> If I was the screenwriter, I would have him touch his chest. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Okay. I don't know. Still. Somebody dispute this. Head heart. Um, but yeah, so both very good movies. And I know I like flew through both of them, but I thought, well, you know, I've got two movies to get through. I might as well, you know, speed it yeah, up. Yeah, I gave you a lot. Um, is there a favorite scene um, of those two movies? How about you tell me your favorite of the two and then your favorite scene in either movie? my gosh um i would probably say goonies bold choice yep goonies was really Huge. good i don't know if i really have a favorite scene though i mean there's a lot of like really sweet scenes in that movie so you're saying truffle shuffle right no. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there was something that i'm like oh that's cute or you know but yeah, i always think of the scene in the goonies where uh the, the girl accidentally kisses the little brother when she thinks she's oh, about yeah. to kiss his older brother. I always mm-hmm. thought that was a really sweet scene. Yeah, it yeah. was really cute. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll go with that. No, oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, and oh God, what did I give you? I just We just watched it. Yeah. Home Alone. Just finished it. Yeah. Um, I really like watching them pretty close to before recording just so fresh they're kind the of mind. fresh. Because I also didn't take any notes. You took incredible notes. I have to. Otherwise, um, I forget about the whole movie. I'm going to stumble through this. This, you can, uh, you this can film. do this. You can do this. this. Cinema, cinema, cinema. It's okay because I feel like mostly everybody's watched this movie. So even yeah. if you bypass Ex- something, they're going to know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And if you haven't. You got to um, watch it. Yeah. I mean, we've got friends with uh, kids that listen to this. You know, that's mm-hmm. why we try to keep the cursing to a, a minimum, I would say. Sometimes we're better yeah. than others. Um, but I think this is a great movie to show to kids. Uh, if you're worried about cursing, there's there's like an ass here and there. Maybe maybe one if shit that, if that yeah I don't I don't like, think there's much yeah Joe Pesci yeah <laughs> Russell Frassen yeah. yeah um but oh man I watched it and I not only was I like reminiscing about being a kid and watching this but I appreciated it in a whole new light it's just it's such a fun whimsical movie mm-hmm. um so the film was directed by uh, Chris Columbus. And uh, he directed, I believe, the first two Harry Potter movies. Okay. Which makes sense because those Harry Potter movies, they're pretty kid-centric, mm-hmm. pretty whimsical. I mean, all the Harry Potter movies are whimsical. That's kind of yeah. the point. But they get more adult as they go on. Right. Um, so I think having Chris Columbus direct the first two made a ton of sense. Um, yeah, he did a fantastic job with this movie. I guess uh, when Chris Columbus was a kid, one of his biggest fears was like, burglars or home invasion yeah and that's why i wanted to do this movie interesting yeah um and of course written by the uh incredible john hughes Mm -hmm. r.i.p um uh yeah i uh 
I tried to look up and see if he grew up wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, all of his, I believe most, if not all of his films take place in Chicago, uh, where I believe he grew up for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's just kind of where, like, that's where Breakfast Club takes place. I believe Pretty in Pink, you know, all those. Nice. Um, but I, I couldn't really see if he grew up, you know, middle class, lower class. Cause I was just curious because in this movie, uh, the, what's the name of the family? Uh, the McAllisters, mm-hmm. obviously very wealthy. Yeah. Their house is massive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how many kids do they have? Like six, five, six? Five or six. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah, at least five. Um, And the beginning of the movie, it's it was really cool. I didn't realize. So at the beginning of the movie, it's basically Joe Pesci standing in their house dressed as a police officer. Cause he's casing the joint. He's casing the whole neighborhood because mm-hmm. he's one of the wet bandits. They're going to come back and rob it. Um, totally forgot about that scene. And he's basically just trying to talk to the owner of the household. Mm-hmm. And there's all these kids running around because like not only are there five or six McAllister kids, but also their cousins are staying with them because I think they're, dad took a job in france but they wanted to finish out the school year so they lived with McAllisters for a while mm-hmm. and now for the holidays they're all going to fly out to france um so they can take the kids there and have a christmas together right um but i w- i just couldn't keep track of any of the kids i was like so wait how many brothers and sisters is it? there's kids everywhere I, I can never do that either when yeah. I watch it. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, it, I think that's that's the point mm-hmm. is there's all these kids running around so you understand how the parents could accidentally leave one behind. Right. And they do an incredible job of setting that up. At first, I was like, wait, are they, are they bad parents? But no, they do a, <laughs> they do a really good job. Um, uh, Kevin, the Macaulay Culkin, mm-hmm. um, he's, he's just kind of being a jerk. Like, not too bad. He's just kind of fed up with, you know, having all these cousins around and he well, feels... He some alone time. Yeah, and he feels like he's being kind of... Like picked on? Yeah, you know, stepped upon, not appreciated. Yeah. Gets in a big old fight. Oh, and his uncle, Fred, calls him a jerk. It's like, Fred, look, look what on. you did, you jerk. It's like, that's your nephew. That's a you harsh... call an eight-year-old boy a jerk. You're mm-hmm. a jerk. Mm-hmm. Fred. Come on, don't be a Fred. Oh, ter- yeah, that's <laughs> our new one. Okay, all right. We're just going to switch it up anytime we see a character we don't like. Yep. Um, uh, so Kevin gets uh, not sent to his room, but up to the third floor, uh, which apparently like... Isn't uh, that like the attic or something? It kind of looked like it, yeah. And uh, his cousin, played by a very young Kieran Culkin, mm-hmm. will sleep in there. Um, and Kevin's like, I don't want to sleep in the same bed as him. He what's the bed. It's like, all right, well, we'll have him sleep somewhere else. You stay up there. I don't want to see you for the rest of the night. And, uh, Kevin says, you know, I wish I didn't have a family and, um, oh, and, uh, uh, O'Hare, O'Hare, Catherine O'Hara plays the mom, Kate. Mm-hmm. <sighs> She's an angel. She, it was <laughs> towards the end of the movie when she comes back and she sees Kevin. No, you know what? Scratch that before that. There's a scene she has with John Candy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw that uh, Catherine O'Hare and John Candy worked together on SCTV. They're really close friends. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense because uh, I think like she, uh, John Candy, maybe when he invites her to um, ride in the bus to go back home, mm-hmm. she gives him this smile that melted my, my icy, frigid heart. It was the <laughs> sweetest smile. 
And I also saw a little trivia that uh, apparently to this day, Macaulay Culkin still calls Catherine O'Hara mom. Oh, that's cute. Isn't that cute? That's really cute. She was such a mom in this film. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just, she, uh, incredible casting, and she's an incredible actor. Like, you know, when when she finally comes home to Kevin, like, I... I immediately thought of my mom. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just because I grew up with this movie and I was like, God damn, moms are special. Like, <laughs> I mean, obviously, but it really hit me there. It's like, like it doesn't take any dialogue to know like everything's okay. Mom's mm-hmm. here. It's like, well, I like that the, the way that they uh, did that greeting at the end with, mm-hmm. is that she didn't just go running in and hugs him right away. It's like, she just kind of stood there and was like, yeah, give me, yeah yeah they they kind of take each other in i Mm -hmm. think and i think it's i think it's maybe just because kevin has really grown up in these past what three days yeah and so he's maybe feeling more independent that's why he doesn't just immediately rush into mom's arms and also i'm sure uh kate catherine Catherine o'hara's character feels so terrible Mm-hmm. She thinks maybe my son hates me. Yeah, that's true. And so it's it's yeah, it's written really well that they don't immediately just rush into each other's arms. Mm-hmm. But then of course they they talk very briefly, and you know Macaulay Culkin gives the cutest smile because that what the casting on this film is nuts. <laughs> yeah, the, somebody will be on job. screen, and I'm like, oh, Macaulay Culkin's carrying this movie, mm-hmm. and then Catherine O'Hara shows up, and I'm like, are you kidding me? She's the best. And then Joe Pesci. And uh, not John Hurd, Daniel Stern. Yep. Oh yeah. They get on yeah. screen. I'm like, oh, the best. Mm-hmm. These these two clown princes. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, I I was blown away by this movie. It was like I said, I saw it when I was a kid. Of you know, it's kind of required watching for kids as people of our generation. Mm-hmm. Man, it was so fun, and I didn't realize the actual break-in in Kevin's house is like the last third of the film, mm-hmm. roughly, maybe even less. It was wild. I, But I didn't mind it because they just did a good job, an incredible job of building these characters, showing Kevin's growth. Um, the only thing that I... I didn't have an issue with it. I just thought it was interesting. So why Kevin feels kind of crapped upon is one of the reasons, is he's asking everybody to help him pack because he doesn't know how to pack a suitcase. Mm-hmm. Mom can't help him. Dad can't help him. They're busy. They've got a ton of guests mm-hmm. um, asking older siblings, and they're all just kind of... Dismissive, right? Yeah, and they're basically saying, like, you can't do anything yourself. You always need somebody to help you, which is never shown. Crazy. Never. I mean, you, the, yeah, it's like an hour and 45 minutes movie. You can't make it any longer than that. This is a movie for kids. Yeah. So, yeah, they... I'm I'm not blaming the movie for this. Like this isn't bad. It was just interesting because because mm-hmm. yeah, he's an eight year old boy. Like, he needs <laughs> help with things. Family. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of the immediate family. Yes. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like nobody helps him. It's like help him pack his suitcase. Mm-hmm. Like you want to make sure he brings enough underwear, or else that's going to be right. a whole situation. He's not going to remember socks. Yeah. Kids don't know socks. Uh, so I was just dumbfounded because then you know he gets left alone and i think the the progression that the movie is conveying is like the first day and night he he just acts like a kid he Mm kind of you know he eats junk food he watches movies he shouldn't be watching um goes through his brother's playboy 
Another fun fact, uh, John Hughes, or uh, no, I think Chris Columbus taped the pages together when uh, Macaulay was looking in the Playboy so he wouldn't see any nudity. Oh, good on him. Very smart. Yep. Very smart. Very smart. Seemed like uh, Chris Columbus took really good care of Macaulay Culkin. I did mm-hmm. hear that Joe Pesci went a little too hard in some scenes. Oh, really? Uh, I think maybe the one scene where they kind of pin Macaulay Culkin up to a wall and threaten him. Yeah, and he's about to bite his finger, and I guess Joe Pesci actually kind of bit his finger. Oh, my God. And apparently this nine-year-old Macaulay Culkin, like, tore into Joe. He's like, I'm a kid. Oh. You don't bite a kid. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Good on Mr. him. Mr. Pesci. Like, um, <laughs> oh, no, I lost my place. What was I talking about? Something good. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Well, yeah, the, mm, what were we talking about just before oh, that? you know what? I think I got it back. So, uh, there, you know, when he's first left alone, he's just being a kid. Yeah. Which of course he is. Mm-hmm. He's an eight-year-old boy. You're just you're gonna go nuts and have a. I probably would have cried and crapped myself if I was an eight-year-old kid left home alone. But I, I'm a very sensitive man. <laughs> um, so Macaulay Culkin's being a kid, like he's he's still a little scared, mm-hmm. um, but he's also having a lot of fun. And uh, like the second or third day, like he goes shopping and he not only does he buy milk, but he also buys fabric softener, which is insane for a child. How would he know to he do that? He becomes a 27-year-old man in a matter of like 36 hours. Yeah. It's wild. Like he just immediately grows up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this this isn't how a child should act. Mm-hmm. Like I think, it's, I think it's really cool. And of course, Macaulay Culkin totally sells it. Yeah. And, but I'm like, well, that's, no kid should be that way. Like- I, the no, message, I, of, I don't think the message of the movie is, yeah, he was being kind of a baby and now he's learning how to, you know, he's, he's, uh, it's not coming of age. He should be a kid. I don't know. It it just struck me as weird. That is odd, especially because they introduced him not knowing how to pack a suitcase and then all of a sudden he knows how to do laundry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was, it was, of course, adorable. Mm-hmm. Macaulay Culkin's doing laundry. He's cute as hell. I mean, like, they have to show the growth of the yes. character. I guess, yeah, but... the, yeah, and good on him for having character growth. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, it's John Hughes uh, writing it, um, so it's fantastic. But uh, yeah, and I I forgot. So there's of course the neighbor that he's scared of mm-hmm. because his brother is telling him about how that guy like murdered his murders kids or something of. And uh, I thought it was just the older brother, Buzz, just being a kid and lying to scare his brother and cousin. Mm-hmm. I assume that's what it was because kids do that. They, they just do. They just say stuff to say stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, just trying to get attention and, you know. But uh, someone was interesting is Macaulay Culkin spends the whole movie scared of this guy, but then... Uh, not long before the actual break-in of the Wet Bandits, uh, Macaulay Culkin uh, goes to church. He's going to find himself some Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think he was just drawn in by the choir, which was very pretty. It was very pretty. But uh, the old man is sitting a pew in a pew across from him. Pew and pew. Pew, pew. Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that sounded like to me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm so childish. Incredible insights <laughs> from me to- no, that was, sorry. That was very oh, funny. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Okay, so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. the neighbor is sitting, sitting across 
from Macaulay Culkin across the hallway. Yes. I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> uh, and he basically comes, like, the, the old man comes over and is like, hey, Merry Christmas. Can I have a seat? And Macaulay's like, yeah. Uh, Kevin, I'll call him Kevin. Um, mm-hmm. So the old man sits down and basically says, like, hey, there's some rumors going around about me. Don't believe any of them. Like, you don't need to be scared of me. Which I was like, wait, so everybody's saying this? Like, everybody's saying that this guy killed people? I, I assumed it was the, the boy, but I guess it's it's probably a collection, collective of kids just saying some nasty mm-hmm. stuff about a uh, an older guy. Um, right. There was actually, when I was a kid, there, so I, I used to go to this daycare called Children's World, my brother mm-hmm. and I. And we were on a bus riding somewhere, and I still remember the house to this day. Um, it's on the corner of Garfield and 34. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Eh, okay. <laughs> it's not true. Um, but there used to be, it was interesting. It almost looked like a sundial. It was this big metal rod stuck into the ground into like pavement in front of this house. Um, no idea what the intent was, what it was for. If it was maybe just a big ass sundial, maybe. Uh, but I remember riding on the bus and some kid was like, oh, you know that the people who live there, they kill kids and they, they stack them like on that pole how um, dark is that yes incredibly oh my dark gosh. and how so <laughs> untrue uh, 10 maybe oh my gosh yeah maybe younger uh but it's just like yeah kids will just find anything be like oh yeah yeah you know what crazy stuff happened because you know um I, of course believe kids if they say like they're being hurt but like just stuff like this is, right, right, is right. obviously ludicrous um so yeah i i remembered that when i was watching that scene um but of course he's a sweet old man really nice guy and it was funny he was the old man's talking about um you know i i can only come and see my daughter when she sings in this choir granddaughter granddaughter thank you Mm -hmm. uh because he and his son had a falling out years ago before kevin's family moved in the neighborhood they yelled a lot and they the dad and the son agreed, I don't want to see you. Well, I don't want to see you. And this is the only way you can see his granddaughter. And Kevin like drops knowledge on this guy. He's like, he said, uh, oh, you know, I used to be scared of the basement. Um, but I went down there and did laundry the other day. And it turns out you turn on the lights and it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, it just smells a little funny. And the, the old man's like, what's your point? I'm like, he's asking this eight-year-old boy, what's right. his point? <laughs> he's like, well, just do it. Like, <clears throat> You know, don't be scared. To yeah, call don't him, be yeah. scared. Just you know, do it. And if it turns out he doesn't want to talk to you, then you know he won't have to be scared anymore. Mm-hmm. But he may want to talk to you. And, and he's like, I know I'd I'd want to talk to my dad on a, on the holidays. And I think I told you, I'm like, I'm a I'm a 34 year old man, and I still don't think I'm as confident as Kevin McAllister. Right. <laughs> that kid has gumption and gusto. He does. Yeah. Very charming. Oh man. Yeah. <sighs> Every line, well, some line deliveries weren't great, but Mm. then you're like, it's a nine-year-old boy. Some line deliveries are so spot on. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, he's phenomenal. You know, and it's interesting because at the end of the movie, Mm -hmm. um, after, like, the neighbor guy kind of saves Kevin. Kevin, yeah. He, Kevin still, like, we don't know where his mom or anybody is in his house. Did Kevin just not relay that information to his neighbor because he's like yeah. his neighbor's like let's get you home yeah. when you think that like the neighbor would make sure that you're home safe with your parents like you just went through this whole big ordeal i mean it's kevin McAllister. he's a he's you know don't don't bullshit a bullshitter he'll he probably said like oh i'm good from here 
The old yeah. man's like, oh, let me take you inside and tell your parents what happened. And he's like, no, no, no. You know, you, you got your own son to worry about. I'm going to get yeah. in there. And I'll see you later, old man. I guess we'll like, just probably just, that's what happens. Just being super charming. And the old man's like, oh, this kid, he's fine. Yeah, because then all of a sudden I'm like, he's in his mom's bed. He's still alone, bed, yeah. And he's in alone. And that's, his neighbor just That's a great point. Him. Yeah. The, those robbers were still in, in the house across the street from the Callister's house. Mm-hmm. When the old man came in and saved him, he took Kevin home. These robbers are, are I mean, the, potentially in the process of getting arrested. Right. And the old man just like, all right, I guess I'll see you later. Like drops him <laughs> off the door and is like, bye. Huh. Huh. That's so, any, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There was a really, like one of my, one a really good scene was when Kevin went shopping. Mm-hmm. He's got a grocery cart full of stuff and he goes up to the counter and the, the lady uh, running the checkout counter, she was great. <laughs> she was like, Kevin's just, he's just saying his lines perfectly and then like uh like she she holds up something it might have been water balloons or something and I thought it was uh, a toothbrush or something no no this is a different scene oh okay yeah um and he goes ah it's for the kids and uh <laughs> she's like uh you know where are your parents and she says lady i'm eight years old you think i'd be here if my parents weren't here she's like, where's where's your mom out in the car where's your dad he's at work where are your siblings like i'm an only child just, he's just quick. He's he so quick. Sells so well. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Kevin Kevin McAllister sells more than AJ Styles. That's my one wrestling reference of okay. the of the episode. So <laughs> anybody in the know knows what I'm talking about. If you don't, don't worry about it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. great movie. Fantastic. So yeah, again, like I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna do a whole recap. Oh, but of course, like the the piece de resistance or whatever French. Um, when Joe Pesci and the gentleman that I remember his name, Daniel Stern, uh, when they finally start like the home invasion process of Kevin's house, mm-hmm. I was laughing out loud. Yeah. I did not expect that. It was such fun <laughs> slapstick. Mm-hmm. I, I I figured like I'm a grown man now. Like this is a movie for kids. Like I'll I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I was laughing. Um. I think Man. during those parts, I was having a better time because you were laughing. <laughs> I was really having a blast with that. Yeah. Their their Pratt falls were incredible. Mm-hmm. Like the stunt actors, they had to do those falls, just really kick their legs and their arms. Oh, man. Some of them were cringeworthy. And... Yes. Oh, oh all yeah. the foot stuff done to Daniel Stern freaked me oh. out. He steps on a big old roofing nail, and then he steps on ornaments, and it just grossed me out. Mm-hmm. This, the tarantula didn't gross me out. I don't mind bugs, but like glass and feet oh oh god that's disgusting that and eye stuff eye stuff really really gets my goat yeah yeah i get that uh man them just getting the crap kicked out of them Mm -hmm. is the cherry on top Mm -hmm. like i feel like if you didn't have that home alone would still be a really fantastic movie but just the shenanigans at the end just top it off so well. And then, of course, you have the emotional satisfaction of Kevin's family coming back, him realizing how much he loves his family, them realizing how much they've missed him. And so, mm-hmm. You know, got a little misty-eyed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not hard to do. I cried everything. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I Cash watched a tiny bit of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cool thing was he was sleeping in this morning when I went and started watching, and he watched a tiny bit of it with me. And then I think it was when, 
Oh, it was when the wet bandits got hit in the head with the shovel by the old man saving him. He watched that. And he actually, like, he never watched the movie, so he actually looked up at the screen and watched it. I was like, ooh, this is a good song. interest, yeah. Yeah, so maybe, maybe, like, on Christmas proper, we might see if he'd be willing to hang out and watch that movie because yeah. our, our son doesn't really watch movies. Nothing, like, new. It's all, It has to be something that he's seen before, which is crazy. True, yeah. But even lately, like, we can't get him to watch Moana or uh, Despicable Me movies, Dory. Uh, Frozen. Yeah, he's really into like YouTube videos. Uh, the number blocks is something he's really into right now, mm-hmm. which is cool. It's it's math and addition, so yeah. it's like, you know, could could be worse. Teaches him a lot more than I have. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you you well, you, well that, that you teach a re- him a lot more than I do. Thank you, but that was not a re- that was not a what was a handout reach out. Don't touch my finger. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I have to touch it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. We are stone cold sober this podcast. And it is we we are bouncing off the walls. Oh my gosh. Um, so what do you have for me next week? So for next week, uh I'm gonna have you read It by Stephen King. Ooh. No, I'm kidding. That's like a thousand pages. (laughs) No. Um no, I want you to read the first two trade paperbacks of Lock and Key. All right. Yeah, we watched the TV show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. I think you liked it fine. I I, I liked it yeah. fine. Yeah. The the comic is just way better. I'm sure. Way way better. Yeah. Okay. So at minimum, the first two volumes. If you get through those and you one, I'll totally pick up the third because I mm-hmm. it was one of my. It's one of my favorite series. It's up there with like Why the Last Man is another big one, mm-hmm. and uh, Saga was one we were reading together for a while. That's probably what I was trying to think the, of. The kind of spacey, space opera-y comic one. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should pick that back up. Mm-hmm. Saga was so good. Mm-hmm. That'd be yeah, a fun one to start from like uh, trade paperback one and go through. Mm-hmm. So yeah, quick recommendation for Saga. Uh, but yeah, that's what I got for you. Lock and Key, volumes one and two. Nice. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thanks, babe. Yeah. What do you have for me? Well, because I watched E.T., it reminded me of seeing Drew Barrymore. Right. Um, I'm going to give you child actors. So basically, you're going to be like, what? Give me more than just child actors. Well, okay. So <laughs> my thought would be, so from what I've hear, heard, you yeah. know, child actors tend to go through a lot when they're making films and movies and stuff. Right. So my whole, like, if the kids are all right, yeah. is kind of like, and I don't know, maybe if you want to choose a child actor like Corey Feldman or Drew Barrymore or somebody of that era mm-hmm. um, and just kind of see what they have gone through. Because I know some of them like had pretty bad parents. Yeah. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, you could do that one. Right. You know, oh. choose somebody. Well, give and... me an excuse to watch Honey Boy. I still haven't seen that. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, it's good. Okay. Maybe that's what I'll give you. Honey Boy, because that would be a good... Well, now you got me. Now you got me blue balls oh, okay, for at least. Right, like I'm right. thinking, oh, I can look into River <laughs> Phoenix, and I mean Elijah Wood seemed to have made it out okay, but maybe he's got some interesting stories. Like, yeah, I'm actually, yeah. that's that's like now that I'm actually putting through. some some names to it. Well, I know now. I'm sure you know there's more rules than there were back in like the 80s. Yeah. With child actors, how long that they can you know do the acting for or school wise. And I'm not. Yeah, I, I just. From Pushing what parents, I've heard, whatever. that's, yeah, like, 
the work schedule and the the school isn't really the issue necessarily. It's more the parents, mm-hmm. but also people in the industry that take advantage exactly. of these kids. Mm-hmm. So, uh, love it. Yeah, I think that's a nice canvas for me to work on. Like I've got some ideas brewing already. Cool. I hope that might be a little heavy. Like that might be kind of a heavy episode for for just this podcast. But I, I mean, yeah. that's good. We can get heavy. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Dogs are making noise over here. Yeah. Speaking of heavy, I'm hoping to lose 20 pounds by February 1st. You can do it. I'm going for it. You got this. Aim for the stars and land on the moon. There's some There's some I saying. I don't know. It's yeah. one or the other. Yeah. Aim for the moon. Land on, I don't mm, even know. I don't know. Whatever. <sighs> well, so, thanks yeah. for tuning in, guys, and yeah. listening to us ramble and... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was good, though, that you kind of actually did proper recaps of the movies, and I just kind of talked about my impressions. I, I think those See, are... and I liked yours, and I'm like, why did I go through I a really... recap? A lot of people probably already seen this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked yours. I think it was fun to kind of get back, and like I totally forgot that Elliot and E.T. had a, a Like a connection. Link. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wild, and such a good idea. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, it's great. It's even more of a ticking clock, mm-hmm. you know, because... I mean, granted, you know, E.T.'s cute as hell, so we're all kind of, well, some people think he looks gross, but I think he's cute. I thought cute. he was cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, if you find E.T. kind of funky looking, like you've still got Elliot and this kid, like you want him to be okay. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And he automatically cares for E.T. It's so cute. Yeah. You know, I, I just thought of this. I don't know why. Uh, at the end of Goonies, uh-huh. there's like a moment where I think her name was Andy kisses like Brandon, you know? Uh, uh, the parents watch because she uh-huh. was like crushing on him the whole movie. You know? Yeah, so uh, that was like the main female lead kisses kisses Josh Brolin, right? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. So they start, they kiss, and Brandon's mom and dad, like Brandon was like, or his dad was kind of like, uh, like don't you know, let's not PDA almost type of reaction. Don't kiss. And mom like kind of holds him back and she's like, ah, uh, let her mom worry about it. And I thought about it and I'm like. Is she saying let the mom worry if she's going to, like, get pregnant because she's sitting there kissing boys? N- no. Like, it could lean to, you know, lead but to I, other things. Yeah, but I, that is, like why, that is why, a weird line. Why wouldn't she worry about, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I mean, I, I can understand, I guess, why. If I don't know. If it's simply her saying, you know, like, we're not worried about our son. And we're not her parents, so let her parents worry about her, because I'm not worried about my son. Like that's that's one thing. But if it's if their entire concern is like, oh, this this you know this like young girl, love. well, or, or just like I don't know, maybe suggesting, gosh, I don't know how to how to put this. Because my mind on automatically went to let her mom worry about her getting pregnant interest i didn't as opposed to like uh, we know that our it, it's all like i should worry about my son yeah. being able like if they have a serious relationship that you know we've taught him enough and he knows mm. enough to use protection mm. and mm. not get her pregnant interest i didn't watch the movie with you so i my i'm sure i'm just reading way too <laughs> too far into this but. hey i i said one-eyed willie is a penis reference so <laughs> i we're on, we're on the same similar basis here yeah i wonder that's I interesting know, it's weird huh yeah anyways yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, y- you hope that it's like, oh, we taught our son fine, so, you know, if somebody's worried about their daughter kissing a boy, like, let their parents mm-hmm. worry about her because yeah. we know our son is a gentleman and a good guy, I guess. I think that's a I positive so. way to read that scene. Okay. That's interesting. I like that. Yeah. I don't like where my mind went with that. Yeah. First, uh, yeah, I wonder, for a second I thought, it's like, well, boys will be boys, but do we need to, like, check on this girl? Like, mm-hmm. if that's the case, then, <laughs> you know, I, no, sexism, I don't stand for it. <laughs> In any era. <laughs> No idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> no either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd blame it on the alcohol, but we have none. We have, well, we have some in the house, but, but well, we're not. None in our system. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure. Anyways, thanks for listening, you no, guys. No, let's go 20 more minutes. I'm having a good time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if anybody's been watching The Mandalorian, get at me. Let me know what you think. I'm having a blast. It's such a good show. Oh, can I? So, like, I'm not kidding about the 20 minutes, but Do you I, really but, want to keep going? No, we shouldn't. But, <laughs> Uh, oh gosh, can I talk about this? Uh, I, I shouldn't. If it's spoilers, don't do yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. So, in so we're recording this on a Saturday. We haven't watched yesterday's episode, but right. from the week past, there was a character that premiered on the show that is a a pretty big character, uh, mostly when it comes to the animated elements of. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watched any Rebels or uh, Clone Wars, you'll know this character. And she showed up in this episode, and it was phenomenal. They did a great job with the costume. The casting was incredible. The costume was insane. It was just, like, I, I know about this character. I've seen a little bit of her. I don't mm-hmm. have, like, a, a, a connection like a lot of people do. I just know I've seen some stuff on her. I know who she is, but immediately I was like, this character's awesome. Like I need to look more into her. Cause anyways, if anybody knows what I'm talking about and you want to get at me, get at me. Cause you know, you know, but yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've done a, it's, it's been cool. I, I thought maybe this season was going to be a lot of just exploring new characters that are kind of tangentially related. Like the first episode, um, Timothy Oliphant plays a sheriff in a small town on uh, Tatooine. Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's awesome! We're exploring new parts of Tatooine. That's great." Yeah. But they're really, they're really heavily incorporating a lot of stuff from like Rebels and uh, again Clone Wars. And I like if you would have told me that early on, I would be like, "No, I don't want that. I want to explore new stuff." But exploring those elements of an animated series in in live action. It's pretty cool. It's great. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't want to get into too many spoilers, but ooh, if if you're not into Mandalorian, I highly recommend you give it a shot. I know a lot of people are fed up with the whole Baby Yoda thing, although it's died down quite a bit. Oh, yeah. When the first season came out, everybody wouldn't shut up about Baby Yoda. I get it. That's mm-hmm. annoying. But, ooh, and he's got a name now. Okay, I'm not going to mm-hmm. say anymore. I'm not going to say anymore. Ooh, I want to talk about it so bad. <laughs> Our buddy Chris, if you're listening to this, you're, you're probably not. But if you are, like, let's let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Because man, it's <laughs> I'm I'm loving it. I'd be curious to see if people like had some uh, negative or constructive criticism about the show. Because uh, man, I am so along for the ride. Mm-hmm. You know, that happens to me a lot. I'm I I try not to be too critical of stuff. Try to let it just kind of take me 
along with it, but uh, this one's doing it so well. I can't now. I'm psyched to watch the next episode. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard that. Oh, I've heard another character is going to show up. Not from the end. Well, I guess he was in Rebels for a bit, but he's big from like the books mm. that are no longer canon. But they All brought right. this character into canon. Ooh, Star Wars stuff, girl. I was going to ask what you're like excited about next week, but clearly. Every week I'm excited about Mandalorian. (laughs) I think think besides the original trilogy, it is the best Star Wars content ever Mm -hmm. made. It's pretty good. Yeah. The uh, prequels, you know, they have their good spots and their bad spots. Honestly, those are the kind of movies I put on in the background. Mm -hmm. The newer trilogy, really like the first two. Didn't like the third one. I've got some friends that have some some really good differing opinions on that. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, can we just have Star Wars? <laughs> I can I admit something here. Mm-hmm. I don't really care for Rogue One, and I've talked to some friends about that. Really? Yeah, I've got some friends that really love Rogue One, and I, which I think is awesome. And I, why didn't you like it? So, it's. It really tries. It wants to be a war film, and I think it does really well, especially it, yeah. like the last, last half, last third. Like there's that whole beach battle scene. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's a good war film. It gets away from the Force and Jedi's and stuff like that, which I like Jedi's, but I get if you're kind of, especially when that came out, they were relaunching. You know, they're they're coming up with the new trilogy, and people might have been a little sick of Jedi's if they didn't like the direction those were going in. Mm-hmm. I did like the direction those movies were going in, so I I didn't mind that it didn't have Jedi's in it, but that wasn't a point where I was like, "Ooh, yeah, like I like this." It's it's just cool to to explore different parts of the universe. Mm-hmm. The thing that I didn't like though is when you have these shows exploring different parts of the universe. I do not need to see C three PO and R two D two. I do not need to be in the bar in Tatooine and see Dr. Pigface. I think that's you need his to name see or whatever. More like newer characters yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said it really well when they talked about uh, in the final film how uh, Ray, oh, spoilers, I guess if you haven't seen um, Rise of Rise of Skywalker, uh, spoiler if you haven't seen it, but they make Ray uh, Palpatine's granddaughter. That's so dumb. It makes the universe feel tiny. Not everybody has to be interconnected and related. Like, let's just shoot out and just go wild with it. There is this entire universe and all this, uh, all these books that were written that are no longer canon that you can pull pieces from. Mm-hmm. And just, I don't mind fan fiction, but when it's so on the nose like that, you know, in those, it's it's funny. They're very minor scenes, but they still pull me out of the movie instantly. Aww. When, yeah, C-3PO and R2-D2 are, you know, talking shit about the guys from Rogue One or whatever, like, as they walk by, I'm like, I don't, I don't really, I really don't care about them in this movie. They don't need to be there. Like, you don't need to remind me this is a Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Rogue One, a Star Wars story. It's in the title. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's one of my bigger things. Um, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't say I don't like Rogue One. I, it's an awesome movie really easily watchable it's those scenes that take me out mm-hmm. but i need to watch it again i'm sure yeah. i'll be fine with it yeah boy i should probably stop talking or we will be 20 <laughs> minutes okay uh i hope you're still listening and you didn't tune out garrett's <laughs> star <laughs> star wars corner uh really appreciate uh you guys hanging out with us mm-hmm. listening uh as always 
we really need your uh, uh, likes, uh, like five star reviews, mm-hmm. subscribe. Um, I guess if you, well, whatever. If you do that on Apple Podcasts, apparently it's good for us. But follow us on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're not really like looking to grow this podcast too, too much. Like, if yeah. our friends get any enjoyment out of it, mm-hmm. that's cool because we get a ton of enjoyment doing it. And yeah. Our Instagram, I need to be even more act. Well, I need to be more active on in general. You kind of drag me kicking and screaming into Instagram, <laughs> which is good. I need to be a lot better about it. Um, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a truffle shuffle. Oh boy! <laughs> no, no, I won't. I don't, I don't have that much. Yeah, hopefully that kid get paid really well mm-hmm. for doing the truffle shuffle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Instagram, uh, email us at uh, life well spent. Yes, thank you. If anything we say resonates with you or you think we messed something up or we maybe we missed some cool trivia uh, from Goonies or anything mm-hmm. we talk about, we really want this to be as interactive as possible. We're all busy, you know, but if you got a second, just send us an email and be like, you know, Kieran Culkin was in that, you know, in the movie. And I mean, I'll, I'll email back and I'll say, yeah, I said that. <laughs> I'll get really defensive about it, but still, like, we want this still to be fun want. and light and interactive. <laughs> Got the burps. So, thank you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We mm-hmm. hope you are doing fantastically well. Uh, times are still tough, but uh, just take care of your family, take care of each other, and, yeah, love you all so much. Love you. Yeah, and what is it? Don't be a Richard. Yeah, but were we going to change it now to don't be a... Don't be Frank? What's what's uncle's name? Was it Uncle Frank? Uncle Fred? Fred. I don't know now. We should probably stick with don't be a Richard. Should we? Yeah. I'm looking. I'm not going to find it. All right. All right, guys. Don't be a Richard. Don't be a Richard. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Bye. Bye.